Hi, I'm Jayant Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. This is the daily update show on COVID-19 in India. We are recording on Tuesday, the 5th of May. The big news that we have to start off with today is that there's been an incredible surge of cases reported in the past 24 hours. It's been around 2000 around that mark over the past few days per day, but uh, over the past 24 hours that number has climbed to something around 3800. That's the first thing that we'll cover today. And I'm joined by my usual guests on the show. Jacob Koshi, Deputy Science Editor, will give us an update first. And Suhasini Haider, National Editor, will join us later. Jacob, uh, what explains this? It's This is pretty high. Yes, it is. I mean, it is. Uh, so for a long time, uh, for all of last week, we've been averaging 2,000 to 2,500 uh, cases a day and roughly between 75 to 85 deaths. But just yesterday, the, the last 24-hour data suggests 3,875 cases. This is in the last 24 hours. And 194 deaths, which is which is more than double the number of high uh, death rate that we've been uh, seeing for some time. Now, this is quite, I mean, it's largely led by uh, what the health ministry said in a briefing today was because some states were not updating their data regularly. And the health ministry said that they had prodded some states into, you know, uh, clearing out a lot of the backlog. So this has, uh, so that's how they've explained this, uh, you know, this bump in numbers. Uh, Also, I also independently checked out, uh, you know, uh, you know, a website that also gives details on uh, state-wise testing. And what I've been seeing and what has also been reported is that on in, in the past week, we've been doing about testing about 65 to 75,000, sam- 70,000 samples a day. But I noticed that in the, uh, yesterday, it suddenly do- dropped down to 60. And so the day before it dropped down to 60. And yesterday, it's gone to 80. So that's a remarkable one-day jump. So that kind of, in a sense, ties could probably explain what even the health ministry is saying in terms of, you know, there being a huge backlog of tests that were finished. And, you know, so it could happen that uh, these uh, this could be a temporary spike. But what we've seen in the past is we've always had cases, instances where, you know, there'd be a certain number of fixed number of deaths for three or four days and then a sudden spike and that becomes a new normal so we'll have to wait for tomorrow and probably the day after to see if this was just a one-off spy bump or, you know, this is going to be a kind of new normal. And then that should, again, invite serious concerns as to where we're going ahead with how this lockdown really has uh, benefited and whether more intensive measures should ideally be taken for few states that are driving the spike. Again, Tamil Nadu, Gujarat and Maharashtra and West Bengal. Okay, but again, I guess the question again is, are we on an are we on an upward curve with these numbers? Because I mean, I understand that today the number recorded is a pretty high spike, mm-hmm. but it has been around two thousand, a little bit more than two thousand. Yeah. But has that number been sort of ticking up steadily? Yeah, yeah, very steadily. We are we are nowhere close to any kind of flattening the curve. Or yes, I mean, in a very relative sense, you know, uh, yes, I mean, our doubling is now pretty much steady at eleven to uh, 11 to 14 
you know, on the best days, it's 14. On the worst days, it's 11. This has been what we've been observing for the past few uh, 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 weeks. But however, in terms of the number of cases per day, we've actually, we've never seen a single day in which, you know, uh, the number of cases has been less than or even equal to the day before. And let's not even get into declining. As, uh, Kerala probably is the only significant state that has seen a decline. But even states that are well-performing, like Tamil Nadu now again, seems to have gone on an increasing trajectory. So yeah. the, the increase is very much there. India is among now the top 10 countries in terms of number of cases. Uh, it's also one of the top 10 countries in terms of absolute number of tests. We are, uh, we are close to like 1.3 million tests. But again, per, as a percentage of population, we are still among probably the lowest uh, in the world. So again, it is we are still very much on an upward trajectory. Okay. And uh, one issue that I think we need to cover, something that we've been reporting on pretty heavily in the paper also, is the issue is the issue that the central government uh, has with has with West Bengal in particular. And um, I think there is the um, acknowledgement now that this this variance, this kind of um, this this kind of spike in test in case numbers is also because some states didn't report not the numbers properly, and uh, mm -hmm. West Bengal is one of them. What's the what's the issue with West Bengal um, basically? So for a for a long time, West Bengal actually uh, started out fairly well in terms of uh, reporting, and but somewhere along the way, uh, it seems to be that you know they started. Uh, recording far fewer number of cases uh, they had a very complicated system of reporting their daily cases there were also controversies regarding uh, attributing deaths to covid for a, for a while uh, it, it, it emerges that you know district magistrates were told uh, sorry the health department officials were told that not to record all deaths as covid and to make a distinction between uh, cases people that had died of COVID or people that had died with COVID. That is, if you had, if a COVID positive patient had uh, other comorbidities like diabetes, hypertension, etc., diagnosed, then that death was not to be counted as a COVID death, which is a very right. bizarre system of classification. So, uh, and there were again issues in terms of, uh, you know, actually uh, accounting for deaths in terms of test uh, cases, in terms of accounting uh, uh, for samples. So a lot of these issues have been there and, you know, again, there is also an element of politics involved over here because Mamta Banerjee is uh, ki kind of opposite to uh, the, the center ruling uh, BJP government. So there is the political angle that we really cannot ignore. But on the other hand, the uh, central teams have been sent to Kolkata. There's a second team that has been sent, you know, into uh, evaluate the situation over there. And so, Asni, we'll come to you now. Um, we do have details today of what seems like uh, a pretty extensive evacuation plan, um, though the government may not be calling it that. But we have details about flights that have been uh, chartered, uh, ships that are going to go out to get people back in. Um, just talk us through that. Yes, that's right, Jens. Uh, this is something that has been waited for for weeks by Indians stranded around the world. This might not really bring in uh, the large numbers we were expecting initially. Um, but uh, we certainly understand that the government has a plan now, at least for the first week, of uh, sending out flights and a few ships uh, in order to bring back about 15,000 Indians um, that will come back by flight and, uh, and several thousand more that will come back 
by ship, essentially, from the Maldives and from the United Arab Emirates. Um, the government put out its plan today. The civil aviation minister, the Ministry of Home Affairs, the Ministry of External Affairs uh, officials have been briefing. Uh, and this is what we understand, that there will be 64 flights, as the Hindu had reported yesterday as well, 64 flights from 12 countries uh, coming to various destinations in 10 states in the country over the next week. Uh, now, amongst these, a uh, bulk of the flights, at least a half of the flights will be from Gulf nations, but we expect a daily flight from the United States, uh, flights from the UK as well. Um, uh, each of these flights will be charged. Those tickets are not going to be free, uh, and the government is making it clear that it is not looking um, uh, perhaps uh, to try and make this uh, an evacuation. In fact, government officials said very clearly, as, as you pointed out, that this is not an evacuation uh, effort. This is essentially uh, a commercial operation that the government is not sponsoring but is coordinating over here. Uh, so we understand that uh, that is going to be the um, uh, uh, you know the next week of or so where we're going to see about uh, a two thousand or so citizens coming out every day. Um, there are a lot of caveats in the here. So uh, while uh, they already have about three lakh Indians registering to return from the UAE, for example, and you know uh, uh, lakhs more from the rest of the um, uh, rest of the world as well. They are expecting that once all the conditions are known, many of them might actually decide to stay back uh, because the conditions are these that whoever comes back will have to um, be screened, uh, will probably have to bring in a COVID free certificate, will probably have to, um, uh, uh, you know, fly uh, to India, but then go into what is called compulsory institutional quarantine. Uh, so nobody can come back and expect to go home regardless of whether they're symptomatic or asymptomatic. Um, we're also expecting uh, that they will uh, be screened when they land and uh, will be moved to these quarantine facilities, but will have to pay for those as well. The government says it is also negotiating with various hotels that might allow quarantine patients to stay with them at uh, reasonable rates for them. Um, so uh, we understand that there are, uh, there are also a few criterion for who the government will consider in the first lot, because we expect this to go on for a few weeks, after which, uh, in fact, officials said they hope really that commercial activity and normal, normal activity will restart to some extent. Um, so uh, we're told that there are basically about eight criterion for the people who will be considered right now. So if you go, uh, if, you live, if you're somewhere stranded in some part of the world, you have to register with the uh, embassy. And um, uh, and the criterion will be those facing deportation uh, from the country they're in will be considered to come back on these flights. Migrant laborers and other professionals who've been laid off will be included. Um, the expire those whose visas are expiring, uh, people with medical emergencies, pregnant women, older people, people who've had a death in the family of some sort, and students. Uh, if the hostels that they live in are closed. So as you can see, very specific categories of those who will be allowed to come back. But yes, it is a fairly extensive uh, plan for these flights. As I said, about 64 flights coming from about 12 countries. Yeah. Yeah. And um, as you said, this is not going to be uh, cheap 
for the the people who are coming in uh do and we do have some details about the the prices of flights that uh, that are going to be charged today um any any updates on that that's right Jay. in fact uh, this was uh, the question that was being asked because remember the controversy over the migrant labor within india who were charged for uh, for their train rides back but the government's making it clear that these will be uh, seats on these air- airplanes will be chargeable um and in fact the the rates that have been fixed are considerably more than what someone would have expected to pay pre coronavirus in uh, in a different era but now we're taking into account the fact that these flights are um essentially uh, being done under special circumstances and uh, are um uh, essentially taking care of social distancing as well as all the uh, the the special arrangements that are needed health protocols that are needed inside the plane um so the uh, the government has looked at broad based categories so those returning from the gulf uh, would pay between uh, 15 to 20000 uh, whereas those returning from the united kingdom would be paying uh, about uh, 50000 uh, rupees and uh, those coming from the us are paying about 1 lakh each uh to return on these uh, and that's a one way fare um it certainly is steep uh, the question was put to the uh, civil aviation minister hardeep puri and his answer was really to the effect that uh, remember these are the costs uh, of what it takes and um uh, as it is our airlines are running what he called hand to mouth existences and so the, uh, so they are actually um uh, essentially hoping that these flights will be used by those who really really need to come back uh we have asked the government if they will make special cases for um for those who are not able to uh to afford trips back at present um and much of it will be a work in progress uh but the first flights will begin from may 7th uh and go on until may 13th after which a new schedule will be announced okay okay right and lastly suhasni um, we also have some news you've reported also today on some ships going out to uh, other regions that are closer to us to get people back um so how many ships how many people are we expecting back um, through that that's route that's right uh, then in fact the the first indians who are stranded will probably be the ones that come back um from uh, from the maldives uh, um at least the ships that are going out for them have gone out the first um four naval ships in all are going uh, Uh, two of them heading to the maldives uh we understand uh, there are 7 to 10000 people who will return by may 8th to india from the maldives uh and that only uh, actually is about a fourth of the number of indians that are uh, stranded over there these are essentially people who are working as well as tourists uh, who need to return immediately uh two others are supposed to go to the united arab emirates and this is going to become a, la- a part of a larger pattern in the next few um weeks because uh, the bulk of the numbers that are expected to return to india and need to return to india is going to be from the gulf countries firstly because of the large numbers remember <clears throat> there are as many as 80 lakh indians in the gulf region who live and work over there and yeah. uh, they are um, uh, and amongst them are not only uh, people who are stranded but are going to be as the economy and oil revenues uh, dip in these countries there are going to be many who will be out of work or certainly whose projects will be um either cancelled or put off for the moment um so uh, the, the the ships are going to be uh, an easier cheaper way really uh, for the government to be able to bring in these large numbers particularly from uh 
the uh, the UAE, which is which is not as far for them. Uh, I also want to point out, Jen, that the government has agreed to allowing uh, people to use the flights that are going out to each of these um, countries uh, to, uh, for an outbound ticket. And over there, they're a lot easier. For example, incoming passengers can only be Indian citizens, but outgoing passengers will include um, people who are uh, OCIs, foreign nationals, people who have a reason to go back. There are certain criteria. In fact, the uh, Ministry of Home Affairs has put out a full uh, standard operating procedures, SOP of protocols that they expect uh, to put into place when it comes to um, uh, when it comes to those who will be allowed to go out. Uh, but from what we understand, uh, the ships are going to become a more durable part, if you like, of uh, this evacuation um, uh, um, evacuation plan for the government. Okay. Right. So, Asni, thank you for that update. I think we'll end right. the show there today. Thanks, Jen. And um, I hope to see you tomorrow. Okay.